0: Welcome to another edition of Ecumenical Musings, where we look at developments in the ecumenical world in Australia and other parts of the globe. I'm Richard Teuton, and it's a pleasure to be with you once more. Discussions about the environment are at the forefront at the moment. COP26 was recently in full swing in Glasgow. There have also been a lot of articles and programs dedicated to the environment and its care or lack of it, both in the lead-up to this World Conference while it was in session and now in the aftermath. We could say that we are in information overload at the moment. Care or stewardship of the environment is an important issue that we, I believe, along with other people of faith, must engage in. After all, we are part of the world, we live in the world, and what happens in the world affects us just as much as anyone else in society. A colleague of mine was recently interviewed by a news reporter For a well-known television network here in Australia. My colleague is in charge of a very large church and is well known for his views on various matters in the community. He is a person of deep faith and feels keenly that Christians need to fully engage in society as much as possible and make a contribution towards peace and harmony within the community. The television reporter was very surprised when on questioning my colleague about the effects of climate change and the need to reduce emissions, to learn that Christians not only thought deeply about the effects of climate change, but also cared very deeply about the ways in which we should care for the environment. This included having a theological understanding about the environment and the importance of its care. It incorporates a recognition that we, as a society, have not been as caring as we should in regard to the ways in which we have used the environment for our own advancement and pleasure. It would be good then to look at how Christians, according to the Scriptures, should care for the environment and also how we have tended to use Scripture to back our actions when it comes to exploiting the environment and all that it contains. This has been an important starting point when it comes to ecumenical action by churches in highlighting the urgency of caring for the environment. Let's begin by seeing what the Bible says when it comes to the environment. In the Old Testament or Hebrew Bible, we find in the book Genesis that God created the world. Christians firmly believe that all creation, or the environment, has been created by God. Creation brought order out of the chaos of the world. The Genesis text offers two scenarios, including the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. This story, though, is only a small fragment of the creation of the world. One thing that is missing in the narrative is exactly how God created. There are those who would like to believe that God just zapped, for want of a better word, plants, animals, light and darkness into being. Scientific research has shown that the process has taken some time millions of years, in fact, and is ongoing. This is important to recognise. God is a living God, who invited people into a relational experience with God and with each other. If God is a living God, then it stands to reason that the act of creation is ongoing and is still happening. This shows God's continued involvement in the world. If that is so, then God is very interested in what we, humanity, do with creation and the environment. This leads us to another point of faith for Christians. Creation, the environment, the world, the planet, call it what we like, does not belong to us, to humanity. It all belongs to God. This has been put to one side at times, but it remains at the core of Christian faith and belief. If creation, or the environment, belongs to God, then what is humanity's role in it? Does humanity have any proprietal rights to the earth? In a nutshell, no. What role do we have? The Christian and Hebrew scriptures are in accord that we, humans that have been created by God, along with other parts of creation, both animals and plants, have a special role in the world. This role has often been abused because of greed and the lust for power. It has also made life easier for us through the modern technological inventions and advances that these days we take for granted. All churches believe that we are stewards of God's creation. We are supposed to care for for creation as God would and does care for creation, and we believe that we undertake this task in God's name. What then is a steward? I could give a dictionary definition, but we know that it is not a term commonly used these days. In past times, the steward was the person, usually a male and more often than not a slave, whose task it was to run the household on behalf of the family. Households at that time were much larger than the household of today. There could be up to three generations of the family living under the one roof. As well, there were slaves or servants whose duty was to do the various tasks that were needed to keep the house running and everyone, slaves included, well fed. The Steward's main role was to make sure that everything was done in accordance with the wishes of the head of the household. This is important to note, because if things were not done in accordance with the head of the household's wishes, then the Steward would be out of a job, and may have been sold on, or worse still, executed. Being a Steward was a very important and obviously demanding role. In the book of Genesis, we read about the fortunes of Joseph, he of the coat of many colours. Joseph managed to secure the steward's role in the household of Potiphar. The scripture says that Joseph did his work so well, Potiphar did not have to worry about a thing. This obviously freed up Potiphar to concentrate on his role as the captain of Pharaoh's guard. The Greek word used to describe the steward in this role is The Greek word oikos means house or household. So oikonomos means someone who cares for the house or household. As I said in an earlier podcast, oikos lies at the heart of the word oikoumeni, which means the whole inhabited world. It is from oikoumeni and oikos that we derive the English word oikoumenism. Another English word pops up when we talk about oikonomos. Since the steward or economos often looked after the financial running of the household, the way in which we look after our financial affairs as nations is described as the economy. The words economy and economic are related to economos. It is interesting to mark the relationship. What has all this got to do with caring for the environment? If we as Christians and if we as churches believe as we claim in our theology, that the environment or creation belongs to God, who is the creator, then our role is one of being stewards to make sure that creation is being cared for. Just as the economists ran the household for the head of the family, or indeed for the family. So we have a responsibility as Christians to care for creation or the environment because we act on behalf of God, the creator, whom we regard as the head of our spiritual household. That's okay as it goes. It's simple to say these and other things. The problem is that for many years, in fact many centuries, Christians have seen themselves more as exploiters of creation rather than stewards of it. Stewards of the household in ancient times needed to make sure that everything ran smoothly. This meant that food needed to be bought and put on the table. Repairs and maintenance of buildings needed to be organised and carried out. Staff needed to be looked after, workers needed to be hired, the list goes on. If the steward was not on top of the game, then he, and it was more often than not a male, would be looking for a new job, or at the very least demoted and put to work somewhere else. We see this in politics, where the party that does not seem to be addressing the needs of the nation is removed at the next election, and another party has a go. This includes the fiscal affairs of the nation, in other words, the economy. It's only been in recent years that the concept of being the steward rather than the exploiter has come back into the conversation. The good thing is that churches and individual Christians have been taking it seriously and have organised themselves accordingly. Projects have been developed and are now running, while churches have joined together with their local communities to campaign for sustainable practices that cover a wide portion of daily living. This includes calls for the reduction of emissions of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. As well, there's been a lot of work to bring people into the conversation, often to assure them that what they have been doing in caring for their patch of the world is working well, while calling out those parts of the country that exploit resources, often to the detriment of wildlife plants and communities. The list is long and it is worth checking out what is happening in your local area. Many parishes and congregations have their own environmental groups and networks. Here in Queensland, the Queensland Church's environmental network has been keeping the conversation going within many churches, as well as highlighting what can be done through their activities during the season of creation each September. So when a World Conference and gathering, such as COP26 occurs, what do churches do? Ecumenically, a lot happened during the conference. Checking out social media and other releases, I find that the World Council of Churches sent a delegation to be part of the proceedings. As well, the individual churches such as the Anglican Communion and the Roman Catholic Church also had people on the ground throughout the conference. Other churches and ecumenical organisations were also present. Other faiths such as Islam, Buddhism and Judaism were involved, which makes the point that care of creation is not just a Christian activity. It transcends just one faith. It affects everybody. As we muse on caring for the environment and the necessity to be active carers or stewards of it, we also have to be aware that there are as many detractors as there are supporters when it comes to this issue and topic. As well, there are many who feel that there is a crisis to be acknowledged, as well as those who feel that though something must be done to correct many imbalances, things are not as dire as people are making out. Some years ago, I travelled to Cairns in my role as General Secretary of Queensland Churches Together to take part in a meeting of concern. The issue was raised by the members of the Torres Strait Island communities who have over many years watched their island homes being slowly reduced due to rising sea levels. This is happening right here in Australia along with long periods of drought, wild storms and cyclones and very destructive bushfires. The 2019-2020 Australian bushfire season has become known as Black Summer. It was a period of unusually intense bushfires in many parts of Australia. Destructive wildfires have been occurring in different parts of the world, such as California in the United States, while Germany was recently inundated with high levels of flooding. Our Pacific Island neighbours are facing the same issues with rising sea levels as their Torres Strait Island cousins. A lot is happening in our natural world that needs to be addressed and acknowledged. This is why many gathered in Glasgow to talk about it and other environmental issues. Churches and the ecumenical scene in particular takes care of the environment very seriously because the adverse effects of a constantly changing climate has affected the lives and livelihoods of many people in so many different parts of the world. While it is good to see this happening, we also have to acknowledge that there is an element of catch up in all this activity. While it is good to see some serious discussion occurring, we also have to admit that in the past we were not so careful in what we did in our environmental interaction. It was, as one writer said, as if the world was our plaything rather than part of our being and makeup. There is a great expectation that the COP26 proceedings and statements will translate into firm and decisive action. As some have put it, There needs to be less blah-blah-blah and more organised policies and firm leadership from the nations, especially the developed ones. It will be interesting to see what occurs. I know that the environment and the outcomes of COP26 will be part of the proceedings of the coming World Council of Churches Assembly to be held in Germany in September 2022. Hopefully what is decided there will encourage churches to either continue the good work they have already started or begin to see things differently before things get to a point where they become dire and the way ahead is not so clear. Thanks for listening to this edition of Ecumenical Musings. You may not agree with everything I've mused on, but I hope it has given you more food for thought on this important topic. I'm Richard Tewton, and I look forward to your company on another occasion.